The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli. Our topic today, letting go and trusting life. Hi friends, today's show is about a subject that is so important to living well, a skill really that we have to cultivate and navigate in a way that is really counterintuitive to our culture and the teachings that we receive from our very mechanical, very logical world. Trusting life and letting go. First, let me lay the foundation so I don't give anyone the wrong idea. Trusting life and letting go does not mean giving up, failing to give your best, taking no action, turning a blind eye, letting things devolve and just hoping that something comes along and fixes them for you. Letting go is about taking your chaotic, anxious, frenetic energy out of a situation. Trusting life is about making peace with the unknown and Cultivating an inner energetic level or tone that aligns with similar tones of peace, of right solutions, of calm, of confidence, of right outcomes. This is advanced spiritual mastery. What's amazing about it is that from my own experience, It is the hardest thing for me to shift to. And I have usually shifted to it after I have exhausted myself in the material realm. As a coach, I tend to attract clients who are very, very similar, who are ultra capable, super prepared and energetic, willing to give their all to master a situation, to solve a problem, to overcome a challenge. And time and again, I have found myself and I have walked with them through situations that were unsolvable alone or using 
action and logic and analysis alone. I used to let go and trust life at the end of my rope, so to speak, at the end of giving all that I could possibly think of, at the end of beating my head into an immobile um, obstacle and throwing my hands up in the air and saying, higher forces, God, universe, anything paying any attention to me. I need help. I can't do this. Um, Please take this from me. And I would surrender. There is such a better way. And that better way is learning how to show up and do your best to persevere and to let go. Trust life and allow the universe to do the rest. So many of us are very clear, we feel very clear about what the right outcome in any situation is. And that can be tremendously difficult because the reality, the truth is, we don't know what the right outcome is. Oftentimes, a no or a loss or a challenge will come and it paves the way for something greater than we can even fathom, something so good for us or the situation or the people we're thinking about. And we could look in hindsight and realize that we were actually in the way, trying to block the flow of life. So something to consider, and this show will probably be all over the place because I am just speaking to you. I don't have a structure today, and that feels appropriate because that's kind of how life comes through. There is a flow, and the river of life will always win. And so we can also win by aligning ourselves with the flow and steering along the way. So let's take a look at the shift from being ever vigilant, always in control, over analytical, overthinking, and often anxious as our strategy for success in life. I think all of us spend a good amount of time here. I think it's what we're taught to do. And when we don't do it, we may feel like we are in free fall or that there is nothing to aid us. From this perspective, our Growing edge is to learn to release our our grip on certainty, on what is known, and to embrace change and the unknown. It makes a lot of sense that a lot of us fear the unknown. We want to 
cling to what is comfortable, even if it's not the best thing for us. Even if it goes against our best interests, we are creatures of comfort, creatures who cling to the familiar. There is so much power in becoming aware that you may not know everything and that the outcome that you are insisting on may not be the best outcome. This opening allows possibility and flexibility in your thinking and in your energy. It's also powerful to remind yourself and to know that sometimes the fastest way to solve a problem is to release the situation to higher forces. When you are overly attached to results in the physical world, you become overwhelmed with anxiety. You often will analyze and overanalyze and overthink. And this raises our frenetic energy. It makes us nervous. It makes us irritable. And that affects everything we do, including the way we think and the solutions that we come up with. We can worry ourselves sick. We can deprive ourselves of sleep. We can tear our systems up, our digestive systems up, with our thinking, with our anxiety. I want to offer to you the idea that once you have done what you can do in a situation, you release that situation, detach from the outcome, and acknowledge that all is in order even now. And this is something you may need to repeat over and over again, but it will help you turn your mind away from overanalyzing. Another valuable exercise to do is to encapsulate whatever the the troubling issue is into a sort of bubble and then focus wide, pull back, gain altitude, get far and wide that you can look at that bubble in the context of the timeline of your life. This distance can give you a better perspective and awareness. There is great power and wisdom in surrendering. And I know for so many of us, I am exactly the same and I've I've come so far and I've watched other people come so far that I know we all can. It is a practice like anything else. Learning to surrender, learning to trust life, to let go, to know that we do not have all of the answers, to know that our overanalysis and overthinking is not helpful, it's a hindrance, it's harmful to our physical being, it's not going to solve the problem. Oftentimes, magical results come from true surrender. So how do you 
negotiate, persevering, showing up, doing your best, and at the same time, paradoxically, letting go. This is a conscious practice. If you'd like to begin it, I would encourage you to open your eyes in the morning and greet your higher power. Acknowledge that the universe is on your side, that there is a power greater than you, and that power is there, always flowing through you and your life, willing to support you. Call on that and ask for that. Begin to see your life as a co-creation between you and the divine, however the divine looks to you. For some of my clients, this is traditional, uh, a religious traditional relationship. The person and their Christ Savior or God. And for others, it's the person and their higher self, their soul. For others, it's the universe. For me, these are all languages to describe the same thing, the divine. You co-create your life with the divine. There is tremendous peace and growth, spiritually, emotionally, improvement in health, for people who are able to include and feel that sense of co-creation. Because it takes away that scary feeling of being all alone in this vast creation and confronted and responsible for everything in your life. Paradoxically, we are taught to hit, hit it harder, try harder, persevere more, work harder to solve whatever is in front of us. And often, it's by slowing down, doing less, getting grounded, getting centered, returning to our body temple as a home and allowing our soul or inner energy to relax and to come forward. So, so many think, you know, it's the fastest runner. It's the one who's going to attack everything. They are the ones who are succeeding. They're actually the ones that are just making the most noise and getting the most attention. Many people who are living lives that you and I would like to live, which is my definition of whether I'd like to take that advice or not. Do you have a life I'd like to live? Is this working? Is this something that I think, yes? Because most of the time when we're watching media or reading or hearing or seeing on social media, what's being presented, if you get in there and actually look at it, not great. Not really the life that, that feels grounded, secure, full, and happy, right? In my experience, people who are living lives that feel grounded and secure, full and happy, have figured out the balance between full out, max effort, and 
slowing down, doing less, and surrendering while they trust life. So let's say that you are interested, that this is working for you. You think, yes, I I could use a little more peace and surrender and trust. I could benefit from being more calm and more centered and less anxious. How do you approach that? One of the best ways to stop anxiety reactions and overthinking is to stop thinking. And I don't mean that you're just going to have a, you know, dull hum of emptiness in your mind. I hope you get there when you meditate sometimes, but that is a very high bar and an unrealistic goal to move through the through life. What I mean by non-thinking or stopping thinking is to recognize that our suffering comes from our thinking, comes from ruminating. There's no other way to suffer than by thinking about things. And I don't mean physically suffer, I mean emotionally suffer. When we think, we suffer. When we think negatively, that's when suffering comes. It's not that something happens in the outside world and suffering is automatic. Our perspective, our beliefs, our history, the meaning we assign to what we witness is what creates suffering. Uh, There are old quotes, and gosh, I I can't, I'm not even going to try to tell you who said them, but to, to paraphrase them, nothing is good or bad, it's our thinking that makes it so. That thinking is the source of our suffering. And when we are left alone in the confines of our mind and thinking negatively, And then our only feedback is ourselves in a negative mood, we can go into a spiral of analysis, overthinking, negativity, and rumination that is total, that colors our view of our lives, of ourselves, and it also unleashes a chemical cascade of stress hormones in our body. That's not happening outside of you. That is not the fact of your life or the reality that everyone is living in. That is the experience that you have rendered by your overanalysis and thinking and rumination. We all live whatever we believe, whatever we perceive. Our perception creates our reality. None of us live in some objective reality. We all live in our perception, colored by our beliefs. This is not because of what's happening in the outside world, in the objective world that none of us live in. It's because of what we are thinking about it. And if you are a woman, which most of my listeners are, you may experience, have experienced in your life, hormonal times, where you thought things that later you went, oh my God, I I don't think like, I don't believe that. And oftentimes when I'm in that situation, because boy, have I had some mega massive epic PMS in my life. I learn to say, I'm not going to believe everything I think. 
I can't believe everything I think. Because I know that there's a point in my cycle that everything is just awful. There's doom and gloom. There's nothing good in the world. And literally, I can be thinking about the dog groomer relocating in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. in that particular hormonal moment. And it seems really dire. And thankfully, I've evolved enough to have enough altitude to say to myself, you shouldn't believe everything you think right now. You are not in your grounded, centered place. Our feelings are the result of our thoughts. Thinking is a tool. It's something that we can do to solve our challenges, to make good choices for ourselves, to advance our agendas, to create outcomes that we desire. It's a tool. It's a servant. Ruminating, overanalyzing, worrying, picking the onion apart to every layer is harmful and of no benefit. And we need to know the difference between productive thinking and negative toxic rumination. When your thoughts are producing negative feelings, when you are feeling negative feelings, you are very likely, overwhelmingly, in rumination. And the act there is to stop. To stop thinking. When you are in negative rumination, you are blocking out universal flow. You are blocking out higher forces. You are blocking peace. You are blocking miraculous solutions. And you are putting yourself through mental torture. We feel in that moment great despair because we are disconnected from source in that moment because we have closed the door, our internal door to it. So here's the go-to move. When you find yourself experiencing anxiety reactions, overthinking, dire negativity, stop the thinking. I know it sounds simplistic, and it is, and it does work. When you are not fixated on something negative, the door is open for peace to settle inside of you. The door is open for the universe and life to flow you to a better outcome and a better solution. Stopping negative rumination makes space for the divine. The more you intend to open up and allow higher forces to co-create your life for you and with you, the more you will experience positive outcomes and peace. This is a practice, and it is a practice that leads 
to transformation for you and for your life. And as powerful as you might believe you are, you are tiny in comparison to the great power that is available to you. But you have to make yourself an open receptacle and you have to maintain that openness. And the way that you maintain that openness is by refusing and interrupting and ceasing negative anxiety rumination. Oftentimes, we think that our overanalysis and rumination is productive because we think that if we pick through everything, we're going to find the source of the problem, we're going to figure something out, or we're going to be prepared for all of the awful things that are probably never going to happen because we thought them through. There's this false belief that we protect ourselves by thinking of every awful thing that could go wrong, that we prepare ourselves and that we're going to do better in the, in, in the event that something catastrophic happens. I've been through lots of catastrophic things. That does not work. I have attempted to pre-grieve, to manage, to go so deep into the negativity that nothing could surprise me. It does not work. In fact, it just lowers your ability to respond to challenges in a powerful way. It lowers your resilience. It increases suffering and it harms your body. So the idea is that you recognize that thinking, overthinking, overanalyzing, ruminating is the cause of your separation, perceived separation from higher forces and the source of all suffering. So when you catch yourself feeling disconnected and suffering, notice that you're thinking, you're overthinking. Don't try to understand why you're doing that. Don't try to pick it through and make it make sense and explain why you have to do it. Stop. Don't chastise the feelings. Don't chastise the thoughts. Return your mind to the fact that you are a divine creation, that you are connected to higher forces, that you are not alone, that it's time to surrender and let go and invite higher forces to help you, to carry you through. And it's time to cultivate trust. Sometimes we think, well, this isn't going to work for me because it's my thinking that got me out of this problem or got me where I am or solved this other thing. And even if that elements of that are true, it's time to graduate to a better way. The best way for you to handle life and its challenges is for you to use your thinking as a tool. So this is not toxic thinking, not negative thinking, not suffering-inducing thinking. This is 
problem-solving thinking, organized thinking, inspired thinking, to reach your best answer, I'm going to do A, B, and C, and then to stop and to call in higher forces, your higher power, the divine God, and ask for guidance and co-creation and peace. When you shift your thinking over to guidance, co-creation, and peace, you are tapping into faith. So many of us have beliefs in higher power. We know we're not so arrogant or naive to believe that there's nothing beyond us, that we just somehow showed up here and created ourselves or are some big, massive cosmic accident. We know that there are powers greater than us. We've seen love manifest in the world. We know the miracle of a baby, the miracle of a healing, the miracle of a surprise right outcome. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Choosing to exercise your faith is another step in learning to trust life, to let go. Now, exercising your faith isn't saying, I know this particular outcome will happen because it's what I want and I'm believing that it's going to happen and therefore I am faithful. Faith is saying, somehow this is going to work out for the greater good. The universe is on my side. Somehow this is going to work out for my good. I was reading a book recently, a book with Oprah and I think it's Arthur Brooks, Life Well Lived. Forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. They made the distinction between people who were optimistic and people who were fixed on future positive outcomes. They were defining optimism. And the people who did the best, including like Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning, were the people who hoped and knew that things would turn out good, that ultimately things would turn out positive. The people who didn't do so well were those who said, I know that by this time I'll be home, or I know that by this 
time, this will be the outcome, or I know that this will happen. And then if that thing didn't happen, they became faithless and despairing. And in, in Viktor Frankl's situation, they failed to survive. Faith is knowing that you're part of something greater and that you are taken care of by this greater energy. And that even though you do not know the highest and best outcome, you know that it's coming for you. And you find security and rest in that. So again, it's show up, it's do your best, and allow the universe to do the rest. Of course, you have an idea of what the best outcome is, and you may well be correct. But be open and know that every delay is not a denial. That if something shows up and it doesn't look the way you wanted it to look, it doesn't mean that you're not supported. It doesn't mean that you're not on path. It doesn't mean that life isn't flowing you to somewhere better or somewhere else that is right for you. One of the other amazing benefits of letting go and of ceasing rumination and negative thinking is that when you do surrender, amazingly, answers show up. Somehow, after you acknowledge that on your own, you can't navigate this, you can't solve this, you, after you invite the universe and life's flow in to guide you, after you surrender, insights come through your intuition, through the world. They come in a way that's outside of that negative analytical, overly analytical thinking. They show up. The answers manifest from the world, from insights, from knowings, from someone coming into your life, from something showing up in the mail, from a call, from all, all possibilities are opened. And it's amazing how miraculous, or at least seemingly miraculous, but actually very normal for life in the flow, very normal solutions and outcomes appear. So this idea that, oh, I'm letting go, I'm surrendering, mm, I'm nothing, nothing's going to happen now, I've reached the end, I know everything, and now I've just given up, is so misleading and so misconstrued. Letting go is not the end. It is the beginning. Getting grounded and centered and being, living with faith and surrender while you use your mind as a tool to carry out whatever needs to be done. And then you retreat into the palm of the divine while you surrender to positive outcomes, that opens the way for information that cannot reach you when you are in that frenetic, 
overthinking, stressed state. So the next time you are in a situation that you're feeling overwhelmed, that you're feeling like you're out of options, you've done it all, it's too much, you're stressed and you're, you're just going to sit up all night and worry and ruminate, stop and let go. Release the frenetic energy, the panic. Remind yourself that higher forces are available to you. That if you release and trust and take care of yourself, you make space for higher forces to act in your life. And even when you're headed down a path and things seem harrowing, trust that there's a higher plan and that good things can come out of anything. This doesn't mean that we don't have tragedies in life or difficulties or challenges. Often people have soul paths People have situations that are going to grow them into their next incarnation in this life or not. And in those moments, we are going to be so benefited by divine love and support. And we can move through the hardest times connected to higher forces, to greater powers, to the universe, to God, to spirit. And become better for the challenges we've endured. Or we can spiral in negativity and lose the opportunity to grow that comes within every challenge. So it's not a miraculous panacea to give you the outcome that you want or to give you only happy experiences. It is a miraculous panacea for knowing that you're not alone, for navigating things in the very best way possible, for finding the opportunities in challenges, and for becoming your highest and greatest expression. So how can you change your life and start to incorporate non-thinking, trust, faith, surrender, perseverance with the mind as a servant, and letting go? Start your day with these thoughts. Remind yourself that nothing out there can make you suffer, that it's your thinking, it's the meaning you're assigning to the thing. So while you're not going to deny what's upsetting to you, you can choose not to get into hyperanalysis, not to pick it apart, not to spiral in negativity, not to ruminate. One of the things that I love to do when I catch myself 
sliding down the slippery slope of rumination is to ask myself, what would I like? What would make me happy? And when I dive into thinking about that and analyzing that, my physiology changes. I don't feel as anxious. I also light upon ideas and things I can do to help me in the moment. I went through ex- this experience very recently. Um, my daughter had a health scare this year, and sussing it out took many, many months. And several times along the way, there were tests and outcomes that pointed in a, in, to a very scary outcome. And in those moments, I had to use absolutely everything I'm sharing with you. So this was primal for me, as we feel about our children, right? If anything jeopardizes our children or their future, we can be triggered into just a heightened, heightened level of anxiety and stress. And we can ruminate and overanalyze and WebMD ourselves and do all the stuff uh, to try under the, the auspices of trying to make ourselves feel better, but we're only making ourselves more afraid. We're terrorizing ourselves. All that I'm sharing with you became central because I knew that if I were to spiral and succumb to my own rumination, that I would miss real opportunities for improving the situation or finding a solution. I would not be at my best to help and support. I would harm myself physically. So now I would have my daughter going through a physical challenge and I could create my own for myself. There was literally no upside and I was being drained. And being a coach, I'm always called to master, to cope, to try to improve every single thing that I go through. Uh, That's my life mission. That's what I help people do. I have to do that in order to be in integrity with myself. And so all of these concepts, trust, letting go, non-thinking, surrender, and alignment with the divine became central focuses of my life. And it's interesting, you know, they were out there always. I was teaching them, I'm helping with them, but I wasn't, I wasn't exquisitely connected with them because I didn't need to be. And oftentimes I feel like life presents us with opportunities in the forms of challenges and difficulties so that we can grow aspects of ourselves and improve. And looking back, because the outcome of my daughter's experience was perfect, okay, better than the best I asked, could ask for. I look at this nine months and I see that I've been in school, spiritual school, having to not only know the things, but apply them to push through the difficulty, to realize that I have to walk this talk, not just know it, 
I would love for you to walk this talk without having to have a life event pull it out of you. And you can. You can begin practicing this today. You can begin to stop negative ruminating, to center and ground yourself, to know that you are not alone, that the power that created you is much greater than you and is still here, always has been and always will be, and that you can join with it and flow in life's river instead of swimming against the current. Also, when you are in the position that you're contemplating this case, this case, this worst case scenario, bad to worse, this is bad, this is bad, and you're looking at all these things, I want you to remember that when you step back from chaos and frenetic thinking, you create space for your intuition, for higher forces, and for answers to reach you. For as long as you are in your chaotic, frenetic state, you block that. I want you to know that from the point of your analysis and your upset and your fear, you are not able to see the future. I want you to know that people engage in psychic thinking and they feel like they know something. What is happening is they have a thought with that comes with intense emotion. And because there's intense emotion, we feel like we know something. That is psychic thinking, and it is inaccurate. When we come up with knowledge out of duress, stress, and anxiety, it is not indicative of the future. It is not guidance. And I also want you to know that when you are connected to source, surrendering and co-creating, there is infinite possibility for new information, new insights, new solutions. You can align with this. And when you live from this place, Everything changes. Your whole life will change. If this is something you'd like to work on with me, go to my site, CynthiaOcelli.com, and opt in to notifications about my upcoming course, Reclaiming Wholeness, Trusting Life, Letting Go, The Power of Surrender are key components to this course, and I will give you all of the support I can in helping you make this a new baseline in your life. Go to CynthiaOcelli.com. The course is Reclaiming Wholeness. I hope I've been clear in this show. I hope that I have offered you something that you can take with you and begin to cultivate and practice, put into your life today, and expand each day. And Should you find yourself in a challenge, I hope you'll come back and listen to this show. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have experience with this, if it's working for you, if you're challenged in beginning it, 
if you've done it before and now you're going to resuscitate it in your life practice, I'd love to hear from you. I think it's important that we share and connect and help one another navigate what can really be difficult in our lives. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful week. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.